Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McKay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. Uh, years ago, when my son was just a little guy, our first child, my son Cohen, he was about, I guess, six months old or so, and, uh, and, and he needed to have a surgery. And uh, it, was, it was a pretty serious surgery. Um, and, and, and so we met with the doctor. We, you know, you do that first consultation, and, and then we were going to meet him up at the hospital that next Saturday. And so we went up to the hospital, and we were filling out the paperwork, and it was a pretty big hospital. And, uh, and then so we're just waiting, and the doctor never comes, but instead they call our name. They come from these you know, swinging doors, you know, uh, and they call our names, and, and we walk over, and there's a nurse standing there with this big orderly. I mean, just a big dude. I mean, he must have been six foot five. Just big old guy. And they said, okay, we'll take your son now. Well, my son's like six months old. He's not even talking yet. And, they're, and, and we're like, what? what? Uh, we're not going to go back there? No, 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 you're not allowed. And this, back, this portion of the hospital, this is where the surgery rooms are and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, uh, okay. And so you're just going to take our kid. And so they're like, yeah. So we're trying to hand him off. And he's six months old. And he's crying and holding on to his mama. His mama's crying. And I'm getting mad. And so we finally get into the arms of this big orderly. And I never forget as he looked past, uh, as they were taking him in the back and he's crying, he looks back at us like, how could you do this to me? And man, we just sat there. But what, what, it seemed like forever. It probably was, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And and we could hear him crying when he first went back. And then I guess they got him sedated and we couldn't hear him. He's because further and further down into the hospital was where the surgery area. And so we're sitting there and and we're waiting for them to call us. We still have never seen the doctor. We like we expected him to come out and say, hey, everything went well. Uh, we expected him to meet us beforehand and say, hey, it's all going to be OK. But we never saw him. And uh, all we saw was this nurse and this orderly. And all of a sudden we hear this scream and it's our kid. <laughs> And it goes on for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, almost a minute, and I can't take it anymore. And so I know I'm not supposed to go past these, these doors, you know, into the sanitary, surgical area, wing of the hospital, whatever it is, but I don't care. That's my baby. And so I kicked oh, the open the door. Jamie's right behind me, and we're running through the hospital, going through the hallways because we can hear him. And so we finally find him in this room, and he's strapped down. He's screaming, and nurses are running around, and they're like, you can't be in here. And I'm looking at them like, I will cut you. That's my baby, and you don't mess with my baby. And, and I'm trying to get him unstrapped from the table and hold him and mama's trying to get him and and they start you know confronting us and I told them straight up I said go get the doctor right now I don't want to talk to any of you guys I didn't come here for you I came here to work with this doctor I hadn't seen him yet and now my kid is crying I guess he's just come out of sedation now I guess he had the surgery go get the person in charge I don't want to talk to all you other folks I, I appreciate you I'm sure nothing wrong is happening here but I don't care I want to talk to the person in charge are you with me have you ever been that have you ever been there and, and, and that kind of leads me into my message today. I feel like each and every one of us have found ourselves in a moment in the midst of a pandemic that we didn't plan on. It's not what we signed up for. I, I would imagine when you were planning out your New Year's resolution for 2020, you did not have sitting at home, homeschooling your child, trying to have Zoom meetings and not stab your spouse on your list of things you wanted to do. I would imagine you didn't plan on working 12-hour shifts because you are part of a small group of people that are, are considered most valuable, that you, that you got to go to work, that, that you are back and forth working long hours in the medical field. I don't think that that was a part of your plan. 
yet we find ourselves here in a, pl- in a moment that we did not plan for, in a moment that's tough and difficult, and the only thing to do in those moments in confusion and frustration is go to the person in charge. I want to speak to the one, the one and only who can tell me what's really going on here. And friend, I want you to know his name is Jesus, right? So I've titled the message today, Speak to Me, Jesus. Come on, say that out loud. Say, Speak to Me, Jesus. <laughs> Look at our key scripture. This is found in Psalms 102 and verse 1. And the psalmist, I think, finds himself in a moment really similar to what we find ourselves in. A moment of distraction, a moment of frustration, uh, a moment of need, a great need. And look look in Psalms 102 and verse 1. He says, hear my prayer, O Lord. You can feel the desperateness. And let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in my day of trouble. He's in a day of trouble. Come on, we know what that's like. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. Guys, I'm going to tell you something right now. What we need is to hear from God. What you and I need is a word from the master. We need Dr. Jesus to help, help explain what's going on right now, to help calm our fears, to help bring correction and direction to the scenario that we find ourselves in. More than ever, we need to hear his voice, to know his voice. And can I encourage you with something? God never intended for someone to stand between us and Him to communicate on His behalf. He wants to speak to you and me directly. He wants to us to know His voice. Like The Bible says it like this. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice, and another one they will not follow. Every now and then my, my uh, kids pick on me, uh, my daughters especially. Uh, when I go to call their mama, they'll, maybe they're out doing something, you know, shopping or something, and one of my daughters will answer my wife's phone, try to pretend like they're my wife. And they, you know, they, their whole life, they've grown up listening to their mom talk for hours on the cell phone. So they're really good at uh, imitating her voice. And so they'll answer, hello. And they think that they think that they got me because they sounded really good. And they'll try to keep their words real short. Hello. And I'll say, where's your mama? Like, oh, how'd you know it was me? And I tell them, let me explain something to you. Before you was ever alive. Okay. Before you ever came into this planet. Your mama and me was in love. I knew her voice before I ever, ever even had you. So don't think you're going to fake me out now. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? That's how God wants to be with us. He wants us to know his voice. He wants us to engage with him like best friends. And in moments like this, we need his voice. We need to know what he has. We need the calming sense that daddy's got it all under control. We need the calming voice of God for our scenario that seems to be blowing out of control. Maybe say, Pastor, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know God that well. And so I don't really know how he speaks. I don't really know what he's like. I don't really, I can't really tell if it's him speaking or if it's me thinking. Friend, I've been there. And that's why I want want today's message to really help you. So I want to study a moment where a young man was being called out by God but he didn't really know his voice and learn the lessons on how he began to learn to engage with his God. Because I want you to know this. God is always speaking to you and me. The problem is not on his end. It's usually on our end, how to hear his voice, how to know that that's him talking, how to put ourselves in a position to actually speak to him. So I want to teach you a little bit about that today. So let's study, if you will, the book of Samuel, first 
uh, chapter 3. We're going to look in verse 1. And uh, this is a storyline about young Samuel. Samuel is a teenager in this, in this chapter. He's probably early teens. But let me give you a little backdrop story on Samuel. Samuel ends up becoming uh, one of God's great leaders in the Bible. He becomes one of the leaders of Israel uh, in the time of, of, of governance. He was kind of, if you will, like a governor over Israel. He was the one that God would speak to him and he would tell the people what God wants to do. This is prior to the people crying out for a king. So Samuel's the last of the judges, if you will. If you'll back up to where he came from, his mama was a lady by the name of Hannah. And she was barren. She couldn't have kids. If you look in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2, you'll see the storyline here. And Hannah couldn't have kids, so she went to church. She went up to the temple. And she got down on her knees in the middle of the day, and she's crying out to God. And she becomes so passionate and so desperate that as Eli, the priest, comes walking through, the pastor, the preacher dude, comes walking through, he's like, this woman's drunk. She's up in church in the middle of the day, drunk out of her mind. And he begins to rebuke her. What are you doing? And she goes, no, 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 no. You misunderstand. I can't have kids. And, and in Jewish culture, for a woman who couldn't have kids, it really was a, a real detriment. She felt very devalued. And, and, and what's her purpose in life in, in that culture in that time? And so Eli, in just in a quick response to her, said, well, well, may the Lord bless you and may he give you kids. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. So she left there and she conceived. And she had made a vow in her heart, Lord, if you'll give me a child, my first child will belong to you. I will literally dedicate that child to you. Come on, some of us have done that before. And so when she gave birth to little Samuel, she nursed him for those first however many years. And the moment she weaned him or stopped nursing him, she brought him to the temple. She brought him to Eli, to the house of God. And she said, I'm giving him to you because he belongs to the Lord because the Lord was gracious to me and gave me a child when I could not have kids. And little Samuel grew up in the house of God, in the temple of God. He grew up lighting the candles. He grew up helping make the sacrifices with the people. He grew up hearing the word read and quoted in the songs. He grew up in church. At the same time, Eli, the priest, had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And these were grown men, and they were wicked. They were his co-priests. They were his co-pastors, and they were wicked. They were perverted. They would have sex with the women up at the church. They would mess with all the, all the women in the city. They would take more. They'd steal more from the people than they should take from them. Come on, somebody. That sounds familiar. And all of this wickedness, God rebuked Eli and said, Why are you not dealing with your sons? They're supposed to be the priests. They're supposed to be representing me to the people. They're supposed to be loving and caring for the people, but they're mistreating them. And Eli would not correct them. He would not deal with them. And so... God comes up with a plan to remove Hophni and Phinehas and Eli at the same time. And he's picking Samuel to take their place. So let's pick up in this story. Samuel's probably 13 or so at this moment as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. Is that all right? Are you ready to read that with me? Say yes. Come on. It says, And the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Why was the word of the Lord rare? Because Eli would not deal with his wicked kids. His wicked sons were creating a blockade between God's voice and people being able to hear God and know what God wanted to say. It says, In one night, verse 2, 
Uh, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, so he's getting older, he's having a hard time seeing, he was lying in his usual place. So he's probably in the back part of the church because he pretty much lived there. It says, And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord. So Samuel had a little cot, a little place that he slept there in the temple as well. <clears throat> it says, and the, uh, sorry, and the Lord called to Samuel, verse 4. The Lord called to Samuel. So Samuel jumped up and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said it again, Here I am, you called me. And Eli, again verse 5, But Eli said, I, didn't, I did not call you. I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. And again, the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So God's calling to, to Samuel. He's calling his name, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel gets up like a teenager and he goes running into Eli's room and he goes, what you want? What do you need? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I didn't call for you. Oh, man, you're getting old. You must be having nightmares or something. Call him a name. Goes back and lays down. This goes back and forth. And picking up in verse 7 after the second time that this happens, it says, now, and this is our key piece. I want you to hone in on it with me. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I like the way the Message Bible paraphrases this. It says it like this in the Message Bible. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. Now, obviously, Samuel knew who God was. I mean, he's a miracle kid, right? His mama couldn't have babies. God heals him, uh, heals her, excuse me, and Samuel is born. He's conceived and born. And then he's dedicated to the Lord at three years old, and he's grown up in the temple. He knows all the songs. He knows all the scriptures. I mean, he is, he is, he's the assistant, junior assistant to the high priest, to the priest, if you will, to, to Eli. And he is, he loves God. He knows, he knows all the words of God, all the songs of God, but he doesn't know the voice of God. How many of us have been around church even since we were young and we still don't know the voice of God? How many of us know about God but we don't know God. I know my wife's voice. My own kids can't trick me, even though, I mean, they match her to the T. People can't tell many times when they're on the phone with them, they think it's their mama. But they can't trick me because I know her voice. Some of you don't know Jesus because though he, you may love him, he's not become the love of your life. And so you don't know his voice back and forth to you. And so Samuel's in that situation. He doesn't really know. So a third time he gets up and he goes to Eli and Eli, he said, I'm here. You called me. And then look what it says. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. <laughs> he realized uh, this is God. And look what he tells him to do. When God wants to speak to you, which is all the time, Eli gives this boy some wisdom on what to do. Verse 9, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. I can see three truths on what we need to do to be able to learn how to speak to God, how to engage with him. The first thing he tells him to do was lie down. Write that down. First thing he tells him to do, lie down. And I would, I would paraphrase that into our life or translate that into our daily life. Go to the place where you are the most comfortable and the least distracted so that you can actually listen to him and talk to him. He says, go back to your bed. Go back to that place where you, 
where you are comfortable, where there's not all the distractions of everything that's going on around us. Can I just say this about our generation? We are the most spiritually ADDDD generation in the entire history of the world. We love our distractions. We love all of our little distractions. In fact, I would say it like this. You and I love our distractions so much. And the reason why we love our distractions is it keeps us from facing reality. It really does. It keeps us from facing reality. You know, this whole COVID-19, it has caused uh, some of our distractions to be limited. I was thinking the other day, just there's no sports on TV. There's no, there's no, I mean, what's ESPN talking about right now? Uh, there's, there's no concerts happening. All the big things that would maybe take our attention, all those things that would distract us, those have been minimized. Yeah, we still have the internet and there's still the uh, Tiger King Netflix episode, which is crazy. But the point being is that each and every one of us now have an opportunity to actually focus in. He tells him, he says, listen, go and lay down. Remove those distractions. Go and lay down. Because what he's also telling him is, go and face your distractions. Push the distractions away and face the reality that God's actually trying to talk to you. See, what I love about what's happening here is that this kid actually wants to obey. I think that's the coolest thing. Can I tell you also what COVID-19 has done for us? It's helped us, it, help us realize how much distractions we have. Because what COVID-19 has caused us to do is now we are with our kids all day long. Some of us are at home all day long. And you now, for the first time, have to face the fact that your kid is a jerk. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but they only like that because you haven't been there like you're supposed to. You and I are having to face the realities of our fact that we still have some anger issues. COVID-19 is forcing us to be limited from all of our distractions and actually have to see the things about our own lives that we don't like. Recognizing, you know what, I, I'm, I'm really hard to be around. And, uh, and I really, uh, my wife don't like me right now. And these are all realities that COVID-19 has put us in. And friend, I'll tell you more than ever what we need to do. Move the distractions around. Get them out the way. Lay down. Get in a safe place. And hear from God. Here's the second thing he tells him to do. He says, and when he talks to you, he says, he says, tell him, he told him, speak, Lord. He says, he says, listen, when he reaches out to you, you respond and say, speak, Lord. He said, he literally call out to him, talk to him. I can't tell you how many times I try to encourage Christians, talk to Jesus. Well, I don't know what to say to him. What would you say to anybody else? Talk to him like he's right there. He tells him, he says, Eli, Eli tells him, Samuel, Talk to him. Speak out to him. When he calls to you this next time, speak to him. Call out to him. Uh, it takes humility, right, to call out to Jesus and say, listen, I need you. I want you. I'm concerned right now about my life. I don't know what to do. And the third thing he tells him to do is after he calls out to he says, and then qualify by saying this, your servant is listening. Actually listen. Actually, actually call out to him and listen. What, what he's actually referenced here is that he's saying, listen, tell him I am ready for instruction. I am willing to do whatever you command. I'm listening. Have you ever, have you, do you have anybody in your life that when you talk to them, you know when they're listening, when they're not listening? They may be hearing you, but they're not listening. There's a couple people on my team. They have these tells. 
they have certain tells. Like, for example, when I'm talking to them, giving them instruction, for some of them, a couple of them have a little tell, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. What they've, what they've done is they caught something I said, and the rest of it, they want me to shut up so they can get about doing whatever they, the first thing I said. They're not really listening to me anymore. Uh, you, you know, maybe, maybe for others, uh, you have some folks in your life that you know that they're not listening to you because the whole time you're talking to them, they're messing with their phone, right? So what Eli tells him to do is he says, Samuel, when you get in the presence of the Lord, when you get that distractions all out the way, and he begins to speak, you need to come ready to listen, to do whatever he says to do. In fact, as I look at this, you know kind of the revelation I have with this? Samuel tells him to go into God's presence, first and foremost, with his body. Go physically, get in a place where you can hear from God. Go physically, lay down, and get in a place where all the distractions are. Put your body, get your body involved in it. The second thing he told him to do, he says, and then speak to him. He says, put your heart into it. Cry out to him, speak to it. Body, heart, and then the third thing, he says, and then whatever he tells you to do, say, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm willing to do it, whatever. Make your will connect with it. You know why some of us never, ever hear God's voice? Because we never physically get in a position that we can hear Him. We never clear out the distractions. Or maybe we get in something like that, but our heart's not into it. Have you ever had somebody with you that their heart wasn't into it? I've had people on my team that their heart wasn't into it. You can just tell, hey, whatever, man, just whatever. And you just want to like, you know, like, leave. If your heart's not into it, then walk away, man, because you're in my way. Can you imagine? We, God, if you want to say something to me, then say it. You know, I'm here. You know, I'm physically here. I went to church. I'm watching online with the little crazy preacher dude I'm from Church on the Hill. But, you know, whatever. You physically may be there, but what about your heart? See, to hear from God, you and I have to get to the place where we say, I'm here physically, and my heart is here. God, talk to me. And then the third thing is our will. We've got to turn our will and say, Lord, whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you tell me, I will do. And then look what happens. Verse 10 says, The Lord came and he stood there, calling as he did at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. He says, dude, I'm about to do something. I am done. I'm done with the old regime. And you little teenage dude, I'm picking you. And you're going to bring about something so new and so amazing. God, I'm going to use you, God says to him. I'm going to use you to turn Israel all the way around. And it'll be like nothing anyone's ever seen. It will make their ears tingle. They'll be talking about, did you hear about that? Did you know what God said? It's crazy right now. Did you hear about Samuel, that little kid? You know what God's doing with that guy right now? And he says, I want to use you in a way like you've never been used. The moment that Samuel removes the distractions, puts himself in a physical place to hear God's voice, God begins speaking. The moment he sets his heart, I'm gonna, I, I need God, I need to hear his voice, I need to know what he wants me to do. And the moment that he said, I'm willing, whatever he tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. See, there's a body, heart, and will involved in hearing God's voice and engaging with him and speaking to him. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus to speak to me right now. Come on, say that right now. Say, speak to me, Jesus. Say it again. Say, speak to me, Jesus. See, some of you got some things happening and you don't know what you're going to do. I've gotten multiple calls from people that I'm really close with that they're, they've lost their job. They're on furlough or they've been let go. You know, things are happening. They're, they're not sure what's going to go on with the economy. Everyone's in kind of a panic mode right now. 
You know, what, you know what we need? We need to hear from Jesus. We need to hear from the one who holds the world in the palm of his hand. We need to hear from the one who paves his streets with gold. I, I need to hear his voice. I need him to calm me. I need him to speak, to give me direction, clarify what we're doing. I, it's not what, what I had thought that this year would look like. God, I need to hear from you. I need to speak. What did the psalmist say? Don't hide from me. Please run to me. Come to me. I need to talk to you. I need to hear from you. Come on, have you, were you ever in one of those relationships back in the day when you was dating? Come on, when you were a teenager or a college age person and you was like, oh, I need to talk to her. I need, come on, anybody ever had an ex-boyfriend, a girlfriend, and they would just text you, I, we need, I just need to talk to you. That's the kind of desperation that has to stir in you and me. We gotta stop listening to all the other voices and we need to go to the one Go to the one who we signed up with, the one who we said, I will follow you. You're the Dr. Jesus in my life. And when you and I do that, I'm promising you, we're going to see the power of his voice. And, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes when I, when I think about engaging with, with the Lord, I, I, hear, you know, uh, I hear that deep voice. I hear that, you know, that fatherly voice that brings comfort. And I want to just give you a couple thoughts on the voice of God and what it does, the power of his voice. Write this down. I think this will bless you. The first thing that I see in Scripture, that God, the power of God's voice, is that God's voice creates. When God speaks, things come alive. He creates. In fact, if you'll study Genesis chapter 1, He created everything we know that's alive in existence. He created it with His voice. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be water. Let there be dry land that comes up in the midst of that water. And let that dry land, He's speaking it into existence. You go through Genesis chapter 1, He speaks. And let there, and let there be uh, vegetation that produces fruit. And let there be sea creatures and let there be land creatures. He speaks them into existence. When our God talks, He creates. He creates by speaking it. I don't know about you, but I know there's some things in my life that I need Him to speak to. I need Him to create some things inside of me right now. I, and I've been, I've been trying to challenge you guys. God wants to give you creative ideas decision-making opportunities are right in front of you to make big changes. I mean, this whole moment that we're in can be one of the greatest moments of your life, but we need to hear the creative voice of God. We need to have that nudge of the Holy Spirit. We need to know exactly what He, could, what he wants us to do and how we can go about doing it. Here's the second power of God's voice, and that is His voice corrects and directs. His voice corrects and directs. This is why most of us don't want to speak with Jesus because most of us are scared of being corrected. Why is that? Why are we scared of being corrected? When you'll study the book of Acts chapter 9, there's a man by the name of Saul and he does not believe in Jesus. He is angry at those who follow Jesus. He feels like they are killing Judaism and so he's putting them in jail. He's, ang and he's, got, he's, he's trying to kill them all and he's on a particular journey to go and capture more Christians and put them in jail when all of a sudden Jesus speaks to him. I mean, from the heavenlies. He calls out his name. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And the Bible says he's literally knocked down on the ground. And he has this engagement with Jesus. Jesus corrects him in that moment. And Saul's like, I didn't realize you were the real God. I didn't realize that. I, I, I missed it. I'm so sorry. And, and then he begins following Jesus. And God, God gives him, literally gives him direction on how he's going to change the world. He's going to minister to the non-Jews, which are us. If it wasn't for what the Apostle Paul, form, formerly we called him Saul in the, in the New Testament, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the gospel unless you're full-blooded Jew. I'm not. And so each and every one of us owe a debt 
to the fact that God spoke to him and it corrected him and it directed him. Right now, I don't know about you, but I'm willing. Lord, if you need to bring some correction, I just don't want to lose my house. I, I, Lord, whatever you need, if you want to, I need direction. I need to know what to do, how to do it. Speak to me, Jesus. Come on, say that again. Say, speak to me, Jesus. And I love that that's what his voice does. It brings correction and direction. Here's the third and final piece that I would point out to you that God's voice does, and that is God's voice empowers. It empowers. If you feel powerless over depression, you need to hear from God. If you feel powerless to know what to do, you need to hear from God. If you feel powerless over sickness or disease, or if you feel powerless over COVID-19, I'm really, guys, I just got to be honest with you. I'm really not scared of it. I'm not scared of contracting it. I'm not scared of dying. I'm not. I'm not because not because I'm so full of faith. I just I just really I feel like God's speaking to me and saying, man, you're, you're good. You're going to be OK. I got you. Don't fear. Fear not. I keep hearing that, you know, from the things of the Lord. Why? Because I'm with the Lord and I'm, I'm communicating. What I love about this moment right now is, guys, I'm reading the Bible like a crazy person right now. I'm just reading and it, his word is just coming alive in me. And I just feel him speaking to me like never before. But it'll empower you. If you look in, in Matthew chapter three, Jesus, God's only son, is getting water baptized by John the Baptist. And the moment he comes out of the water, Matthew chapter 3, the moment he comes out of the water, God the Father speaks and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes down upon him. And from this point forward, Jesus begins to move in the supernatural. There are no documented healings or miracles done by Jesus before this moment. The moment that God speaks Holy Spirit comes and empowers him. He begins to move in the supernatural. Man, I'll tell you right now, I want to be empowered. I want to move in the great things of God. I don't want to be overtaken by fear and worry and anxiety. And I don't want to miss the moment of what God could be doing in this hour because I don't have the power, the strength to get up out of bed and pray because I just, because I'm, I'm on so many calls and Zooms and worried about what this thing is going to happen. I want to move in his power. And when he speaks... His voice gives us that power. He speaks into our lives. Now, people ask me all the time, so, you know, well, how does God speak to you? You know, because I believe God speaks in, on multiple platforms. You know, everything from, you know, Instagram to Facebook to TikTok. No, but no, I do believe, believe, as I see in Scripture, God speaks through multiple platforms. First platform that I see Him speaking to us through is His Holy Scriptures, the Bible, the already written Word of God. As I mentioned to you earlier, I was... This week, I've just been reading through. It was crazy. I was in the book of Peter, and I'd been listening to these broadcasts about some of these, some of these preachers and evangelists and stuff saying, you know, they were going to stand against the government's call for us not to, to gather and to quarantine ourselves, and they don't have a right to do that, and they were saying all that. And I started reading the book of Peter just in my, in my, in my time of reading the Lord. And in the book of Peter, guess what it tells us? He tells us, listen, all authority has been set in place by God. Submit to the governing authorities. Do good so the whole community know that you belong to me. I'm paraphrasing it, of course. But amazing. I was like, uh, thank you, God, for speaking to me. So I don't have any confusion on what we should be doing. I love that he speaks to us through his word. I've also, over the years, I've, I've seen how he speaks to me through other ministers, through other Christians. Uh, maybe this message is speaking to you. The Lord is using my mouth and, and, and what I've prepared to speak to you almost like as though he's talking to you face to face. People tell me that all the time. People say after, after I preach, they go, Pastor Adam, it was like you were speaking directly to me. And God used me to speak to others. 
And then the other way I see him speaking is through his Holy Spirit. That's real clear in the scripture. The Holy Spirit will guide us. He'll nudge us. The Holy Spirit will speak to me many times. He'll nudge me. I'll get a sense. I'll get a feeling. And then also through friends and other people. God uses people. I've had people who did not believe in Jesus, did not love Jesus. God used them to speak to me. We see in the Bible, you used a donkey to speak. <laughs> so he can speak to you. The big issue here right now in our situation where we're at is we need to speak to Jesus. You need to hear from your God. You need to have an engagement where He qualifies some things, where He corrects some things, where He encourages you in some areas. Sermons are good, but you need to hear from your God. You need to hear from your Jesus. And I want to pray with you today. I, I believe this is our next big movement before Easter. As you and I this week, we need to hear God's voice. We need to engage with Him. We need to have, have solidified that Daddy is talking to me. Jesus is talking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I'm okay. It's going to be okay. My family's going to be okay. Hey, guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. The word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.